This week on the Golf Digest podcast, we're talking about the spirit of the Masters. You know, every year we get so wrapped up in who's playing well and who's contending for the green jacket. And we don't talk enough about just the overall vibe at Augusta National because it's really special. Joining me is Eric Anders Lang, who's host of a new podcast uh, called The Eric Lang Show, and our own Ashley Mayo. And we're just talking about the experience of being here at Augusta National. It's the best week of the year and for good reason. So all coming up next on the Golf Digest podcast. Welcome to the Golf Digest Podcast. This is Sam Wyman. We are coming to you live from Augusta National. I'm joined by Ashley Mayo of Golf Digest. And our special guest today is Eric Anders Lang, who is the host of Adventures in Golf and the Eric Lang Show, uh, which is a new podcast, which you can find on Apple Apple Podcasts. Anyway, guys, uh, this is the Wednesday before the Masters, and obviously I'm coming off a, you know, a few days stretch here in which we're talking about who's looking good on the golf course, who are picks to win, who are some sleepers. And, Eric, before we started recording, you made a great uh, insight that for someone like yourself, second time here uh, at the Masters, the experience is very little about who's going to win and more about just the overall experience of, of being at Augusta National. And I'm curious if you could expound upon that. Well, first off, who are your picks to win? <laughs> Well, someone just actually just right before I started, someone said, you know, I asked him for a favor unrelated to, to work. And he says, I'll only tell you or I'll only do this favor for you if you give me an under the radar pick to win. And I said, Justin Rose. But I don't know if that's. Mm. And yeah. I, I like that. You think he's right. I don't, first of all, I don't know I like if it's that. under the radar. It's somewhat obvious. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, he's basically on the radar. Yeah. He's like. Because he, yeah. he almost won. Yeah. So most it's like. Most like, recent matches. It's, it's the most obvious, non-obvious pick you could make. Right. But that's what I'm going with for now until he starts poorly and then I'll pick yeah. someone else. I, my, my pick is Azalea Garcia. That would be my pick. <laughs> but it's got the, definitely the best name. So, um, But this idea that who wins, uh, who plays well is secondary to, to being here. And, and why is that to you? Well, I mean, you know, it's really been great because, Ash, you and I get to spend a lot of time together here walking around. And I think – you know, we talked a little bit about we don't care who wins, which is one thing. But I think today we even talked about how, the you know, what do you come here for? What are you looking for? And it's not the grass and it's not the players because those exist 40 different times a year or something. Yeah. And we were talking about we were trying to figure it out as we were walking, remember? Yeah. And what did we come up with? Well, what we said was on our way out of the media center and to the course – Someone asked me, uh, who are you going out to follow? Mm-hmm. And when when we were out there, we were like, well, how about Alistair McKenzie and Bobby Jones? That's who we're <laughs> out to answer. follow. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, 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 I feel like Augusta, more so than other weeks, you go out there just to enjoy the golf course and what that mm-hmm. gives you. And if you happen to see, you know, Tiger hit a shot, that's a bonus. But right. I feel like the, the players are almost secondary to the stage this week. I, I totally agree, which is funny because people pay – I don't have the prices in front of me. People pay uh, – $1.50. Well, no, I'm talking about the food, which is another thing. <laughs> but, you know, X thousand dollars for tournament badges and practice rounds are significantly cheaper and easier to get. Right. And to your point, what's the difference? You know, whether it's an official round or not, it's the experience of being here is everything. And so you can experience, like you said, Bobby Jones and Alistair McKenzie on Tuesday and Wednesday just as easily, easily as you can on Sunday. Yeah, even more so. Sure. Arguably. 
Right. So practice rounds are often the, the better days right. at, at Augusta. Now, you know, I'm not uh, making the tournament rounds. Uh, I'm not minimizing their importance. Yeah. It's great. You know, a tiger roar and a fill roar at Augusta where it's almost uh, – it feels like an amphitheater mm-hmm. on some holes. Uh, they're tremendous. Uh, but I just feel like – they're all secondary to the golf course. Mm-hmm. Well, and one thing, though, too, is you have – we're all subject to our own opinions. And so you are golf media. Yeah. And so your job is to basically walk around golf courses and manage the vicissitudes of where's the fifth hole, where's the ninth hole. And it becomes a bit of a, you know, cluster F because mm-hmm. you're like, how am I going to get a mile and a half away and then get back and then you don't have a cell phone? And so – you know, part of that, I think, is what's so great about the Masters is you sort of, you know, with the golf course and the wonderful, you know, way it's set up is you kind of just get in the water mm-hmm. yeah. and, like, walk around and just give in. Yeah. Totally. I don't know. And maybe no, that's it's because totally, there's no cell phones. No, it's actually uh, Max Adler wrote a piece for us last year, which is that uh, at first you're annoyed by that, just that one element of not being able to have a, a cell phone. But after you get past that, it is such a blessing because, first of all, everyone's on level footing. It's just a known thing that you're off the grid. And with that comes this great um, relief and sort of sense of, um, of you know, isolation from just all the craziness of the world, which is fantastic. By the way, I want to commend you. I think that is the first time vicissitudes has been used on the Golf Digest. Oh, Digest. that was so, a word. Thank thank you. You. That was a strong That's word. That's a real yeah. word. It's, <laughs> actually, it's yeah. actually a soup from France. Oh, there you yeah, go. Yeah, if I understand it correctly. Okay. <laughs> But, but no, we were, go ahead. Yeah, we were talking this morning about how refreshing it was mm-hmm. to see people talking to each other, mm-hmm. and their their heads weren't buried in a screen, right? And they were actually interacting with each other and enjoying the present moment. Yeah. And when you have to go to a meeting under the tree, you give that person thirty minutes mm-hmm. uh, leeway, either before or after sure. meeting time, because we all understand we're all in this together. None of us have a phone. We're going to get caught up, you know, bumping into this person and that person, and it's okay if you're yeah. not five minutes early, you know? Right. Uh, Explain the tree because, I mean, obviously to veterans of coming here and who know the tournament well know that's such a central part of the tournament. But explain it to people who don't know. Yeah, so there's a huge, beautiful oak tree that, that whose branches – Whose branches? Because it's a it's a real thing. Yeah, yeah. Gender, it's a genderless being. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, the branches kind of sprawl uh, very wide, and it's right in front of the clubhouse. And I don't, you know, okay. So one of the first things that I was surprised by when I attended my first Masters in 2013 was how small the buildings around the course are. Mm-hmm. The clubhouse is not grand. It looks like every other building. Really, it's a little bigger, but it looks almost like every other building mm-hmm. around the course. So there's this clubhouse and, and a huge, big oak tree that was planted in the mid-1800s. And some of golf's greatest conversations, all of you know the great conversations then and even today, uh, have been held under that tree. Mm-hmm. It's a very popular meeting point uh, among media and also uh, between players and media and players and family. And it's just, it's just a cool spot. Uh, by the way, just as a, an aside to that, which is it's 100% true, and it's really like, you know, like bottom feeders like myself are there, and then you have sort of like the highest Don't of the— Don't minimize I'm, yourself. I, anyway, but it's, it's just in a great— You're a good feeder. I know, You're thank you, feeder. thank you. You, you, you flatter. <laughs> um, but it's a great cross-section of, of people who are meeting there. So um, today I'm out there talking to a couple of writers, and one of the people that we're talking with is Hale Orwin. 
obviously three-time U.S. Open champion. has 45 wins on the Champions Tour, and he's talking with us. He's here. I don't even know in what capacity, but he's obviously not playing anymore, but he's here talking to us. And a top player whose name will out, remain nameless came by and said hello to two of the writers um, and said, oh, great to see you, and did not recognize or even notice Hale oh, no. Irwin, which is telling on, a, on several levels. One, it speaks to sort of how it's so easy for people just to kind of intermingle in that area because it's such a cool, but it also speaks to uh, the, the modern tour pro maybe not knowing uh, players they should know as I'm well. I'm guessing he was a younger guy? Yes, okay. he was a younger guy. So it's just a, interesting. But it is, it is like a fantastic, and it does kind of speak to the whole overall vibe of being here, which is everyone's kind of on this, like you said, level footing of, of in sort of a timeless place. Yeah. yeah. You I, go ahead. I, I was just gonna talk about how the history and one of the really the I I've been here once as a spectator mm-hmm. and walked the course and you know, the second time feel like it was almost better because I had a little bit more understanding of, you know, the 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 surprises were more subtle mm-hmm. on this time around. You know, it's kinda like That's a second point. viewing of a film. Mm-hmm. But what's been really exciting for me is this media center and being a, a member of the media thanks to you, Golf Digest. Um mm-hmm. And, you know, what's been really cool is this new media center. I don't know the old one, so Mm -hmm. it's just, for me, it's the media center. But the photos around this building, it's like almost bums me out that they're only available for us. Right. You know, because literally on the other side of the wall, we're in some type of soundproof booth that's probably like, you know, um, what's like a cool action movie? Jack Reacher? No. Um, Born, Born Ultimatum? Yes. I'm pretty sure it was shot in here. Right. But Are we like, being interrogated right now? We're being interrogated. We're definitely being recorded. We're like, that much. We're 80 <laughs> stories underground, like in a bunker. Yes. Yeah. Um, but on the other side of the wall, there's a picture of Jack leaning against the tree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In like probably, what, 70, I don't know what year he won. But being interviewed by just a swarm of reporters. Yeah. yeah. 75. Who are upstairs now wearing hearing aids. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, but it's that age and that tradition and the, and the Augusta National Golf Club uh, members have done such a great job of like – just really making it their main priority to tell that story. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? In such a beautiful way. This is a museum. We're in a museum. It does feel like a museum. Yeah. I, I want to ask you about your interview with David Owen on your show because um, – it, and it speaks to a, a point that you were just making about the way this cl- tournament um, – treats the media, which is actually important because if you look back at the history of the tournament, you for some reason I always thought before I started coming here that there was this sort of level of animosity between the club and the media. And to some Why ex- do you think you had that? Well, to some extent you just think that like you know, I was I remember coming at a time when there's the whole uh, Martha Burke controversy and there was a lot of things written about the club and there there still is a level of tension there, which as there should be. However, um, the one thing is this. Martha Burke tried to be a member or something. Martha Burke mm. was um, yeah. was the sort of person who was most outspoken about the fact that Augusta National did not have women members. She was right. an advocate. And right. She right. she um, started protesting that, and then it suddenly became a controversy about why should a private club's uh, membership policies be dictated by outside pressure. And then there was this whole discussion about – this is a little history lesson for everyone who doesn't know. And there was a whole discussion. what year? 2003 was really the heart of it. And then it was really like, well, is Augusta National a private club or is it a public entity because it hosts this very public tournament? And that that was kind of the the nature of the the controversy. And as a result, she protested and um, for a number of years the club sort of dug in its heels and says we're not going to let someone – 
dictate our our policies at the point of a bayonet. That was the famous line from from Hootie Johnson. Anyway, long story short, there was a lot of sort Condoleezza of Rice became a member. Yes, essentially. Right, but there was you know there's a lot of incendiary things written about the club hmm. uh, by the media, and probably with good reason. But but if you go back to the the start of the tournament, 1934, the 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 tournament knew that the media was was essential to making this a big deal. They needed people to tell the stories of the tournament and promoting it and making it sort of, you know, sort of spread the legend of Augusta National Since and the Mass. Right. And so they they've always recognized that. Even in the heart of that Yeah. Even in the heart of that divisive period, there's always been this um, this this understanding that you have to take care of the people who are gonna spread this tournament's gospel to the masses. So anyway, but I'm sure you talked to, in your discussion with David Owen about the club's beginnings and sort of Clifford Roberts and his vision for, for the tournament. I'm just curious what your impressions were. Well, and it's interesting. It's a really good talking point right now, like for what you're just talking about. is like, well, who made the Masters? A lot of people would say Bobby Jones. Right. But a lot of people who actually have looked at it and studied it and know the real story would say Clifford Roberts. Mm-hmm. And in some sense, the story is Bobby Jones is playing golf in New York and golf isn't as big as it is now. And a guy like Clifford Roberts, who made some money but wasn't, you know, famous or extremely rich, was able to walk up to Bobby Jones and say, hey, let's make a tournament. You know, let's do this. And in some sense, you know, Clifford Roberts was the sort of um, man behind the curtain. Didn't want any credit. And maybe that was his smartest play, mm-hmm. was he was basically saying, Bobby Jones, do you want to make a tournament together? Do you want to make a golf course together? In fact, it was a bit of a real estate if I'm wrong, I'm probably wrong because I'm not David Owen, and that's why I interviewed him on the podcast. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but from what I understand, you know, he wanted Bobby Jones to essentially attract media to a business idea to make mm-hmm. a golf course. It was essentially originally going to be a real estate development mm-hmm. like Pebble Beach. Um, and what ended up happening was is they decided to do it. They wanted to have the U.S. Open here, and the USGA was like, not yet. Um, we can't, you know, Georgia timing, da 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 da, and so then Clifford Roberts was like, you know what, we're gonna do our own thing, right. and that's kind of when right. it didn't even have the name of the Masters originally. It was the Augusta National Invitation. Boom. Right. Are you David Owen? No, but right. I'm, a, I'm I've a big never fan. Met David Owen in person, so yeah. you could he's, be him. He, I mean, he's no one has, no one has better insight into it, so he's the right guy to ask the question of. And so. Clifford Roberts created the whole four-day tournament format, right. right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, he's, you know, he said it was better to do. Four days, so right. two days on the weekend, and leaders tee off later. I think Clifford Roberts even invented the leaderboard. Wow. Uh, actually, uh, to an extent, but the guy who invented the kind of scoring in relation to par, well, it was here. It was Frank Trichinian at CBS. So, they, you know, there used to be, like, they would have it where, uh, Eric Lang, you shot uh, 75, 73 for 148, and that was your score. And then, you know, you came in, Ashley May, and you shot uh, 147. It was, like, hard to keep track in, in the in the course of a tournament. You're like, okay, you're on the pace to shoot. So it was very difficult. And he came up with this idea for TV viewers. Okay, well, where are you in relation to par? You're 500 par. 500 par. You're, you know, so right. it, he, it's Whoa. a genius. It's, we take it for granted now. And but he did not trademark that. <laughs> well, on some, maybe on some, I guess he didn't because it's everywhere now. Yeah, Obviously, right. it's the, it's sort of the, That's the common. So brilliant. Yeah, it's so brilliant. And also, like, think about that, that not only did they do that, but they didn't always pair the leaders, you know, at the end of a tournament. So, yeah. uh, and I don't, I, I don't know when exactly that started. Maybe it was here as well, which is, it used to be like, you'd go off, you were the leader of the tournament, you'd be done at two o'clock. And then, the, yeah. you know, some guy who finished, who was finishing dead last finishes at 6 p.m. So it was, they've made it where, you know, most, more times than not. 
the last group coming up 18 on Sunday afternoon is the is the is going to be the winner. Right. The term is decided. And they didn't then. do that prior. They didn't do that prior. And the yeah. scoring system as related to par was invented here. Yes. Well, it was, yes, and it was invented by the CBS executive producer. Yeah. So, Whoa. That's yeah. amazing. What year do you know? Or approximately decade? I want to say 50s, late Whoa. 50s, early 60s. Um, it really makes me think. You know, though, Sam, you bring that up. It's like the idea of thinking differently in golf because that's something that I've essentially, I guess, been tasked with to some mm-hmm. extent, right? I didn't, if you don't, maybe if you don't know, if you're listening to the podcast, you're like, who is this guy mm-hmm. uh, with the weird voice? Essentially, like, I was a photographer. I got into filmmaking. I started making a documentary about golf and meditation and how it relates to winning. And then the PGA Tour was like, do you want to make a show? And it became called Adventures in Golf. Mm-hmm. And it was totally not intentional. And I wore weird shirts, essentially. I wore tie-dye shirts mm-hmm. and T-shirts. And all of a sudden, it was like, I had a hard time with it, in fact, feeling like my style didn't fit in with the golf world. And so now I've tried to embrace it and to sort of look at how that seems to be something that is hot and so I will strike it. Mm-hmm. Like iron, that is the weirdest thing I just said. But <laughs> to, to that, that may fill you in a little bit to where my point of view is and to think about like these innovations that sure. this tournament, which is people would say Golf needs to think different, right? People sure. might say the golf industry blah, 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 right. needs to think different. But if you were to really look at it, like who has thought the most different? No, it's totally. It, it, Maybe it's, it is in fact yeah, here. It is the one of the great fallacies that this is place is stuck in. Um, it's like married to tradition and it's stuck in uh, an earlier time. And on some levels, it is. Well, it is. But for everything here is done for a reason. Yes, and 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 to your point. A lot of it is done to like advance to enhance the experience. So if you have an idea that's going to enhance the experience, um, they are probably more open to it here than a lot of places that you would right. think are you know quote unquote progressive. Right. So it's it's and like that 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 idea of scoring in relation to par like that's that's crazy town. Probably someone said that's the dumbest idea. Sure. And now it's obviously makes scoring and understanding golf much more absolutely uh, the standard. And so yeah. to your point, it's like. Um, you know, finding ways to enhance the experience or grow the game and make it more accessible to more people, if that's sort of what, one of the things that you're trying to do, um, you know, that's a, very much in line with what this place was trying to do, right. I think. so. And in a way, you could look at, like, thinking differently. In a way, you could come to the Masters or come to Augusta as a privileged guest of a member, or maybe you're a member and you're listening to this, in which case... Yeah. Uh, Hi. I apologize. For well, well, if you are a member, I can give you the free dates. I'm available to come down and play. If you want. Right. Um, but you know, in a way, like the thinking differently concept is like they are. They actually are still doing that. Mm-hmm. You know, like every. You know, I would say if you haven't experienced it, you would come here and be like, I have to check my cell phone. Yeah. And you might be like, Come on, guys, come right. around. That stinks. But actually, they are thinking differently. They're like retro. Right. It's it's right. it's it's literally and, and that's actually probably one of the hippest things about the Masters is yeah. it is kind of retro. Very yeah. much so. That said, I'm glad that it exists just one week of the year. You know, and that's one thing totally. is I love the Masters and I love this week. But I think it's a mistake for people it, it's obviously golf's biggest stage in terms of mm-hmm. the forward facing the public, you know, and the reach that it generates. But I think it's a mistake for people to look at the Masters and look at the rules that it implements and see how everything's done here and automatically say that's what golf is. Right. I Totally. Right. Because it's not what golf is and it shouldn't be what golf is. Right. For this week it is and, and it's a beautiful thing. 
but uh, golf is accessible, mm-hmm. and this is less accessible. Yes. And golf doesn't really have all, all the rules that, you know, this week implements. You know, uh, you, you normally can lay down on grass. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, you can't, I watched yeah. someone lay down yesterday, yeah. and someone came over and said, sir, yeah. you have to at least get up on an elbow. Did they say that? Did yeah. you specify the elbow? Yeah, they That's were like, great, like, I need you yeah. to just prop yourself up on right. an elbow. And the guy was like 70. Yeah. Like, right. it may have been his last right. match. Normally, it was hot yeah. yesterday. Yeah. It was a hot normally, one. Normally, they just taser you when they catch you on. <laughs> okay, well, that's good. I didn't, yeah. But, you know, that's interesting you bring up what golf is. Because I have, as somewhat, a, I would imagine, as a filmmaker, you know, I'm always trying to understand and observe and kind of, like, I probably a little bit like Seinfeld, just not as funny. You know, like, what is it with, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, why is yeah. it, you know, like... <laughs> What's com- the deal with yeah. airplane food? Right, right, right. Great comedians, I feel like, always look around and wonder why. Mm-hmm. They're curious. They're mm-hmm. curious. And I have that. I'm just not as, you know, I'm not a funny by trade. Uh, but I always look at golf and I wonder why. Yeah. Why do we do it? Right. You know, and why, what, is, what even right. is it? Right. Because really, if you come here, you could look at this and be like, Ten, the, the, the majority of people are watching this tournament, and I would imagine a lot of them don't even play golf. Mm-hmm. Oh, sure. So what? It, that's golf, but it's not the same. Sure, sure. Well, the great thing about this this time, you know, any time that a uh, an industry or any entity is sort of in a state of flux, and it's fair to say that golf has been in this sort of state of flux for a number of years just based on participation numbers, and is that you are forced to suddenly reexamine things and be creative. And a lot of things that maybe – um, you held firm to when things were great, you suddenly reevaluate, which I think is a healthy, it's a healthy way to look at anything, right? Which is you, so golf, for instance, if, well, you have to wear a collared shirt and you have to have it tucked in and, um, you, you know, you can't, um, play music while you're playing because that's the way golf is. And suddenly you realize, well, now, um, that's a real turnoff to a certain segment of the population. Um, and when you're suddenly seeing what well, we need those people, you reexamine it. So I feel like, um, to a certain extent, it's important to constantly ask why. And if it doesn't make sense, I think as it relates to golf, I can't say that for the Masters. If it doesn't make sense, then you need to adjust accordingly. Or even the fact that a hole in one to be considered legally, mm-hmm. you know, in our in our world, a hole in one, you have to make that on an 18 hole regulation size course. Mm-hmm. Is that true? If you make a hole-in-one on a nine-hole course or on any kind of executive course, it's not a hole-in-one. And I'm like, that's a problem because that's saying that golf means that mm-hmm. it's a, it, golf. You play golf only when you play an 18-hole regulation mm-hmm. size course. Yeah. And that's totally, it should not be the case today yeah. because what, others, what other activity do we spend four hours on? Mm-hmm. None. It doesn't fit the current modern sleeping. lifestyle. Not sleeping. Maybe sleeping. Yeah. <laughs> Dreaming. If of we're lucky. Golf. <laughs> <laughs> so why can't golf be six holes? Mm-hmm. Or why sure. can't golf be 30 minutes at a range or right. 20 minutes on a practice green? And you go home and you say, I played golf today, right. even though you, you played six holes, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, I think all that is going to change. And I Mm -hmm. think you're right. We're in this kind of state of flux. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I think it's kind of cool that here this week and this week only at Augusta, certain things probably won't change, you know. Well, you know what's so interesting is that you talk about that. And as you're talking, I'm thinking, I love a little nine. I love a quick nine. And while it's not nine holes, today is Wednesday and these best golfers in the world are about to go out and play. Par three. Par three Par three course. Yeah. And, like, what other tournament has that? Right. Right. What other tournament? None. That's yeah. true. They were How? ahead of the, the trend, the bar three-course exactly. trend. Right, right. How is that? Just play nine. What? Yeah. Because, by the way, if 
um, you know, at the PGA, where it's good. Where was it going to be this year? Uh, uh, it's at uh, Belle Reve in St. Louis. Fine. If at Wednesday at Belle Reve, they say they're doing a par three contest, mm-hmm. everyone would be like, coolest idea yeah. ever. Yeah. Right. And literally, Clifford Roberts, Roberts is just going to be like kind of like smirking in his grave. Right. Like, yeah, I had that idea. Right. I've been doing that for – when did the first par three contest start? It's a great Do question. I, I don't know so if it started. I'm going to it really quick while okay. you guys – By all means. <laughs> I want to know. That would be good. I love that tradition. The, the other thing – it's funny. Like the, the whole idea of – um, how this week is that kind of one respite from reality, which is really good. It's kind of like also playing 18 holes of golf. Like sometimes, you know, you you know, you want uh, to be able to play six and golf should be reevaluated. But at the same time, like, you know, I know you do and I do like love the luxury of going out and playing 18 holes and taking your time. Oh. Of course, you just don't want to restrict it to that one Right. I don't want I, I want the definition of golf to broaden. Totally. I'm as much a six hole golfer as I am a one hundred eight hole golfer. <laughs> which I have. I've played six Baller. rounds in one day. Baller. But I also yeah. I, I enjoy playing six holes. Sure. Six as holes much. or six rounds. That's six incredible. holes or six rounds. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Did you right. find out the answer? I have no service. We're in a oh, bunker. That's right. We are in a bunker. And that's Jay, right. Jason Bourne is actually <laughs> guarding the door. That's right. <laughs> He's on his right. way. We are. So the bad news, we don't know the answer you're, to the question. The good news is that if there's a nuclear holocaust, we'll survive. What? Your phone is off. Yeah, I did. Hey, why is your phone off? That's kind of creepy to me. Because I was respecting the, the sanctity of the podcast. I didn't want to be distracted. Because to be perfectly honest, if my phone was on and you were giving an answer, I'd be like, yeah, whatever, Eric. That's a great answer. And I would be looking at my phone. Here's an email from Jerry. Yeah. Do you have service, Ash? No, I don't. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah. I feel like that's, that's okay. fine. Yeah. In the spirit of this week, no service is I know. okay. No, I, I have an idea of when the par three contest started, though. What? After 1934 yeah. and before 2018. <laughs> yes. I have a feeling. Yes. Way to narrow it down. Yeah, I got some <laughs> yeah. dates. In the context of the history of time, that's pretty nearly. We down. were talking earlier, you know, Sam, we were, like in the media room up there, huh. you were like um, – what other year you were like this right. is your first Masters and I was like no it's my second and you're like when were you here before and I said Danny Willett <laughs> Danny Willett right <laughs> and he Which, said that contradicts that was like, my whole Mr. thing Mr. I don't care who wins I'm not here to win Danny Willett right. that's the only thing that defines the entire year <laughs> but you made a good point which is that you know you're going to remember that more than you're going to remember the year so. yeah I'm a visual memory guy yeah. so I mean I think it was two years ago but yeah. part of me thinks it's three right yeah. and when was it yeah. when was Danny Willett two years ago okay so yeah. so they were both right yes but more people are going to remember Danny Willett. Yes, right. You're like, for instance, you might have had like a pair of you know orange shoes that week, and and that was a week you wore the orange shoes. You yeah. said orange shoes here. Orange like, shoes. I, I wouldn't know yeah. what that means, but more everyone of, understood. More of a personal memory. Yeah, right. right. Yeah. But everyone understood Danny Willett. <laughs> Is Danny Willett here? Yes. yes. In fact, this was another topic of conversation. Were you there yeah. when that part? Uh, I was talking about him, but I don't think with you. Okay. Yeah, he looks yeah. lean. He does. Looking good. Yeah. Right. Looking good. Man. I think so, he's coming cool. back from injury. Yeah. But, but what you know if Rosie wins? That's how many international winners is that? That's like five that would be in a row. Th- it wouldn't be five in a row because Bubba oh, won Bubba, it. In, uh, it's it's Bu- Bubba Willett Sergio. Spieth. 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 Was in yeah. There. Right. And then Bubba won it the year before. Adam Scott right. won it the year before. So, but yeah, it's a bunch. You know, you know why I don't get involved? I'm bad with stats. That's yeah. really why. But if you're like, I mean, I'm a nerd to an extent that like I define, I do what you do. You you did it before. I define years by the winner and I just have like a weird memory of that and it extends to like other sports as well but that's just that's kind of my thing but I think that's like and then the the common um, 
you know, criticism from my wife is like, I can remember that, but I can't remember that the oil needs changed in the car, like things right. like that. So, right. um, I feel like that's a common male man thing. thing right? Yes, it is very yeah. much so. It's just priorities, and anyway. Um, so, tell me if you can. So, okay, so okay, so today is Wednesday. First round tomorrow. You do have some quote unquote media duties to, to tend yeah. to tomorrow. But what will like? How will you spend your time? First round of the Masters. Honestly, one of my favorite things to do is those overheard in the crowd. So right. I, I feel like they're so basically if people don't know, although I get a lot of requests for it. Yeah. It's a popular little <laughs> column. <laughs> what I love to do uh, in all forms of golf is turn the camera away from the professional, what the professionals are doing, because I feel like there's so many people who are so good at telling that story that that that's covered. Mm -hmm. People have got that handled. Right. Yeah. I like to turn the cameras away from uh, what's happening inside the ropes. And I feel like one way I, I can do that this week and one way I've done it in the past is uh, seeing, walking with the crowd mm -hmm. and overhearing what they're saying and how they're reacting to what they're seeing in inside the ropes. Mm -hmm. And some of the things that you overhear in a gallery at Augusta is different from any other uh, tournament because they're talking phrases about how... Phrases unlike any other. Phrases <laughs> unlike any other. Yeah. Because yeah. they talk a lot about how lucky they feel yeah. to be oh, here. Yeah, that's so tender. Sure. Yeah. No, it's like a sense of wonder. Like it's everyone walks in wonder. with a sense of wonder. And I mean, it's hard to be here and be in a bad mood. Sure. So, which yeah. is a rare thing. Wow. So Totally. Yeah. Well, I like doing it. I don't want to do that, but now... You, you want to test me, the theory? Challenge you said I wouldn't be in a bad mood. <laughs> 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 Wait, so have you heard anything yet that is like, that is going to make the cut? Or no, really I'm going to start tomorrow. Tomorrow you start. <laughs> Fascinating. <laughs> Fascinating. Yeah. What about it you? does sound really fun. Well, for me, I think one of my favorite things, well, you know, one of my, uh, I've been tasked with this week is, you know, what is really exciting for me is photography. You know, Ashley was like, why don't you go out and take some photos? And I was like, that sounds really exciting because, like I said, you know, before I was a sort of on-camera personality, mm -hmm. then I was a filmmaker, and before that I was a photographer, like super just photographer, like despised sort of the, the current me, right, being in front of the camera and mm -hmm. being like, so here we are, wherever, <laughs> whatever my job is. But, but, and we're back. Yeah, and we're back. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and three, two, one. Uh, well, I don't do that, but I do. It's funny to watch people because yesterday I think we were walking up by the tree and someone was like, The Master. <laughs> yeah. Will it be Tiger? Yeah. DJ or Bubba? And I was just like, Whoa. Yeah, dude. just to interrupt you for one second. Like, if you could be at the press room at like 10 p.m. when you're on deadline trying to write a story and there's some jackass radio guy going, Three, yeah, like, two, one. Jordan right. Speed started with a six, you know, it's like, yeah. 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 So anyway, you were saying. So uh, my one of my jobs is the photographs. Mm -hmm. And I love taking photographs. I just, uh, I love to travel. And mm -hmm. I like, and I, photography in some sense is what connects me to a place. Mm -hmm. It connects me to people that I'll never talk to. Mm -hmm. It's like a language that I kind of, it's a filter, you know. It's like, sure. it, and, and a lot of ways for me, my whole life photography was a reason to go do something. I would go for a walk to take a photo or I would go to a, you know, visit someone to take a portrait. Mm -hmm. And so we came up with this idea of doing these kind of um, uh, poetic moments on the golf course that are, like you were just saying, not the normal coverage that, you know, yeah. all of the wonderful sports photographers have clearly covered. I do not need to step in their hot tub. Right. Uh, but. Uh, so that, and then also we were doing portraits of the people that kind of bring the masters sure. to uh, you. Maybe you're listening to this podcast. Yeah. You, you've in some way been touched by these portraits of you know um, 
Dan Jenkins. Uh, you know, there's an illustrator who's making a, a wonderful illustration that's, you know, going to be for next year. We did a portrait of him, like, How taking cool. notes. Sure. And so... Th- that's kind a of what I'll be. Portrait of JD Cuban. Yeah, that's so cool. So yeah, yeah just yeah. like a, that sort of one layer removed from the people who are yeah. exactly. telling the Portraits story. Portraits of people who bring you the message. That's very cool. Yeah. That's and very kind cool. Of the unsung heroes in some ways, because I think what really might have inspired me to do that subconsciously was being in this media center mm-hmm. slash museum of media history. Yeah, you know what's really cool is that I mean I've been coming to Masters my my sixteenth year, and there are people who are in this in this media center who have literally been coming here. Dan Jenkins being one of them who've been coming here for sixty years, and given all that, you would think it would be very difficult to come up with new storylines or look at the tournament in a new way, and that is a challenge. But on the other level, like this place is so inspiring, and there's so many so many different ways to look at the golf course, the people who come here, the traditions of the place, the players who play here that. You know, people endlessly come up with new ideas, new ways to look at it. And that's actually a, a fantastic idea. Yeah. Thank you. I mean, I don't know. How it will come out? I don't. <laughs> well, it sounds great now. It sounds it's gonna be It looks awful. great on a podcast, so. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> looks beautiful. Yeah. But that's kind of what I'm going to do. That, that's my job. But I think what I'll actually do is just kind of like swirl around mm-hmm. like the wind, sure. you know, like and just sort of like, uh, I don't know, it's like it just – so relaxing to just go for a walk, yeah, and kind of mix with people. And um, yeah, I mean, Ashley and I were talking about this too. To be totally like, what I'm gonna do. One of the things I really enjoy doing is, and I'm gonna, I gotta think of a way to say this. This doesn't sound like I'm a totally. Well, the word I want to use is douchebag. I don't know if I can use that on this podcast, but Brittany's our uh, editor. We'll see if she passes her test. So. Right, but the, the, the without seeming like. You know, one of the things I really like is to, like, talk to people who've seen the show, Adventures in Golf, and they'll come up and say, I love your show. And to me, that is, like, I don't know. Like, that is worth – I don't know. I mean, people do it to you, Ashley. Yeah. They'll come up and say, you know, I love what you do. Thank you. Great Instagram follow. Great Instagram. (laughs) That's – why is that so gratifying? Because it means something to you. Well, for me, I love meeting people who – the, the famous Dan Jenkins mm-hmm. quote is, I like people who like me. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. New, new tattoo. <laughs> For me, if someone comes up to me and is, first of all, you know, not brave, but has enough confidence to come up to me, mm-hmm. just a total stranger, yeah. I don't, I'm not an intimidating person at all, but I would never walk up to anyone. Mm-hmm. So I'm always... Uh, even now, though, after experiencing how nice yes. it is to be on the other side of it? Even now. Yeah. I'm too really? intimidated to walk oh, up to lovely. anyone that I follow who I recognize. See, my experience has been it's so nice when people come up and say, hey, I like the show. Yeah. Yeah. My 10-year-old likes the show. Whatever it is. Yeah. My wife likes the show who hates golf. Whatever it is. That it's literally given me the I, the, re, the reality of mm-hmm. like, oh. like No one has ever not liked that. Right. Yeah, and there's a way to do it that's, like, super cool. Like, yeah. And I've thought, like, oh, next time I see whoever, Bill Burr, like, I love his podcast. I love everything yeah. about him. Next time I'm in a room with Bill Burr, I'm just going to be like, you're a legend. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Peace it's, out. It's funny. Um, as an aside, do you listen to Mark Maron, the WTF podcast? I'm friends with Mark Are Maron. you really? Yeah. Okay, so. I've been in his studio and everything. Oh, that's so go. cool. Yeah. So I love his podcast. I love, the, you know, just the way he you know, puts himself out there and just the questions he asks, I think he's fantastic. He was in our building. He was in one World Trade Center right. and he was having lunch with someone and I had that internal monologue that you guys are talking about, like, should I go bother him? He probably gets it all the time. And uh, so I just, like, really quick, I'm like, hey, sorry to bother you. Just want to tell you that um, I'm a big fan of your show. I really appreciate it. And he's like, hey, thanks so much. And 
I, I was still, even after I walked, he was very gracious, but it was really short. But after I walked away, I was like, does he just like, you know, does he roll his eyes and things like that? Or does he actually appreciate probably it? Probably doesn't. Right. He probably appreciates it. If yeah. he does roll his eyes, you know who that's on? Not him. Yeah. yeah. Right. You know who likes it? The Rock likes it. Yeah. The Rock takes it. And because and, in some ways that's like, that's beyond currency. Yeah. You know, that's, that, you know, one of the things they say in order to be happy is you need to have a purpose. Yeah. If you've ever seen Avenue Q, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I'm kind of kidding. But you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. and for me, that's my purpose sure. is to like essentially get people interested in this other side mm-hmm. of golf mm-hmm. that is basically not the Masters or exactly is the Masters. Well, I can't yeah. tell. Especially because we're doing, we're, we're telling that story in a non-traditional way, mm-hmm. yeah. which could be kind of delegitimized right. by some people. Right. It's like, oh, that doesn't really matter. So when someone actually does come up to me, I'm like, oh, wow. Right. You know, I'm not talking to a wall or just right. putting this out into the ether. Right. You know, That's t- validation. It, yeah. 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 Someone came up yesterday and just, it was kind of a weird act- interaction, actually. He came up and he just said, hey, I like your show. And I was like, cool. And he's like, can we take a photo? And I was like, oh, okay. And he took a photo and then he basically was like, bye. And I think what he was operating on, well, I know what he was operating on because he went on my Instagram later and messaged me and said, hey, I'm really sorry. I wish I had hung around for a minute and talked with you. I left because I thought that you were busy. Right. Yeah. And my experience of the interaction was like, uh, okay, I guess you can take a photo and run. Like, we could right. at least talk about the weather for two used. minutes. <laughs> I did, though. And it was really funny because, I don't know, it's just like, and we talk about all this wonderful media that we have, like, the luxury of being alive for, like, whatever, podcast mm-hmm. or Instagram or YouTube and all this fun, you know, stuff. It's just such a great way to interact with people. And I don't know, I feel like... Yeah. For me, I'm gonna just experience that, and 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 my love of golf is just going to, um, you know, swell. Yeah. And, <laughs> and then it, what? Well, I feel like the people here at Augusta are on some level fans of, of, course. of golf, of course. and yeah. most often than not, huge fans. Right. Super true. So it's true. cool to be around those people. Yeah. Because it's like automatically everyone here has something in common. They're jazzed to be right. It's yeah. like the the common language. Yeah. The other yeah. event I have to go to every year. Uh, the other event I. No, have to is the wrong word. The other event I go to every year for work is a large PGA Tour stop. Uh-huh. And it is like, uh, you know, it's like a bar in a lot of ways. And people go because it's a party. People do not come here for that. Right. No. That's no. what's so cool it's about it. It's something more meaningful. The walk, the the no running rule really mm-hmm. explains everything. You know? Well, I always say that um, the rule that applies here is like the broken window rule. Do you ever, you know, that Rudy Giuliani's whole idea that like if sort of if every detail is tended to, then suddenly kind of everyone sort of falls in line, not in a sort of Pavlovian, but like just like people appreciate the fact that there's order and there's a code and everyone kind of tends to it. And I feel like that is very true here. Like everyone yeah. kind of appreciates that there's a certain – way to be and it's gratifying when it's sort of universally followed so yeah well as you walk into the uh, media center the security guard who has really they're they're not checking your badge because you've already checked it like you know 100 yards earlier you walk in and they say welcome to the masters in a very nice pleasant way yeah gets you excited and why do they do that Right. Because they because it's just a communal group understanding that we all want to be here yeah sure well, it's great. I'm I'm so I'm excited for for to see your finished product of everything you Me do too. here. But but regardless, uh, it's it's fun to to talk to you, and always fun to talk to you as well, Ashley. Just about your perceptions of golf, and there's a line of people waiting outside this bunker to get Jamie in, Will. probably because the the bombs are coming. And Jason Bourne is on his way. Uh, Jason Bourne, aka Jason Bourne. Yeah. We're going to um, talk about sneak attacks. So real quick, give me a plug for uh, Eric Lang show. Get real quick. I don't. Okay, a plug. Let's see. The Eric Lang Show is a podcast that uh, was. It's sort of just like this, right? I mean, how do I have, what else should I say? 
Well, you you kind of talk to interesting people with yeah. a filter of golf, right? But yeah. it's not about mm-hmm. golf. Yeah, like we prob- we will interview some professional golfers, but mostly that would probably not be about golf. Like sure. we would probably talk about other things. So it's like it's like here's my thought is we would talk to pro golfers not about golf and we would talk to entertainers about golf. So exactly. George Lopez yeah, yeah, is on sure. it. We talk about golf. And, you know, what's really cool about golf is it's kind of like this um, genetic trait mm-hmm. that we can kind of all share and really from so many different walks of life gather around. Sure. You know, and it's not this the, – the tribe is big. Right. That's so. great. Well, I'll definitely want, I want to check it out myself. And I listen to it while I work out. It's that great. is wow. so cool. Is Eric good? Like, does he motivate you to like add an extra plate on the bar? Like, <laughs> at a level of incline on this treadmill? Probably just motivate you to get more exactly. coffee. Yeah. I gotta, I gotta add another episodes, twenty. Uh, the episodes are about an hour long, there you so go. it motivates me to stay in the gym. Uh, for not, an hour. it's oh, not good, good for yeah. high intensity interval workouts. But anyway, hit is not good for <laughs> yeah, the podcast. Exactly. Yeah. Well, listen, Eric Lang, Ashley Mayo, so glad to have you. Thanks for joining us on this week's Golf Digest podcast. Thanks for Thanks having, for having us. us. Good to be, good to be had. <laughs> Thanks so much again to Eric Anders Lang for joining us on this week's Golf Digest podcast, and Ashley Mayo as well. Be sure to check out Eric's uh, podcast, The Eric Lang Show. And of course, if you haven't done so already, subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts and check back. Uh, this week, we'll be coming back with some more podcasts to talk about how the tournament's going and uh, wrap it all up on Sunday as well. So check back soon. <laughs>